the state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at an historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laugh as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Ridiculous History is a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome back to the show, Ridiculous Historians. Thank you, as always, so much for tuning in. Uh, we are, uh, as always, proud to be accompanied with our super producer, fellow cat lover, the one and only Max Williams. Give it up for him. Uh, they call me Ben. This is part two of our dive into the world of military cats. Uh, you know, Noel, over the break... <laughs> our quote-unquote break for this two-part episode. I was thinking, do you think either either of your cats, or you've met my cats too, do you think any of our four cats would be military-worthy? Oh, man. Well, a, a, a previous cat of mine who still exists, uh, his name is Fernando, a.k.a. Robert, a.k.a. Uh, no, I think that's the only two names he has. Um, he was an indoor-outdoor, is an indoor-outdoor cat, which I think is definitely a requirement for a military cat. you got to be able to rough it in the out-of-doors. And he would just, you know, do some really intense stealth kills and present his uh, his prey to me and my, my former roommate uh, in the most elaborate and bizarre of ways. Pretty sure that cat is a, a bit of a psychopath. He killed like a rabbit, like a full-grown rabbit. So, yeah, I think Robert would probably definitely cut it probably in some sort of weird black ops kind of assassination squad perhaps yeah how about yeah. you ben um i think uh dr vankman is more of a, a lover than a fighter more a scientist and a scholar than a soldier but the other cat the cat of many names would go full colonel kurtz for anyone familiar with heart of darkness uh i think they would have to send uh, the equivalent of a <laughs> of a special cat operative to stop his reign of terror. Luckily, uh, the cat we're talking about today in part two of our Military Cats episode is not a feline Colonel Kurtz. Uh, his name 
is Simon. As we said in part one, uh, cats, like many animals, have been accompanying humans into war for a very, very long time. I believe one of our first examples was ancient Egypt. But this guy, Simon, this cat, had such an amazing story that we decided to dedicate an entire episode to him. Yeah, you may recall from episode one, if you haven't listened to that one, by the way, you should. But this one, it will stand alone. So if you don't want to right away, you can hold it off for another day. Uh, but part one is a doozy. And in it, we talk about a pair of cats named Faith and Panda during the London Blitz of World War II around 1936. And Faith was nominated for what's called a Dickin Medal, which we describe, which is like this like Medal of Valor specifically given to animals. Faith was nominated, but she did not make the cut. She was not eligible because she was a civilian cat. But she did get a medal for bravery anyway, like a special, you know, kind of like a like a participation award, sort of. But still, really nice for uh, Faith. Today's cat, Simon, is the only cat to ever receive this prestigious animal award, the Dickin Medal, the highest British honor for valor in the field of battle. Yeah, this guy, Simon, has been reported on in Time.com, uh, has been reported on in uh, perinfer.org, of course. This great site, great yeah, site. Yeah, massively famous in the United Kingdom by our friends at Mental Floss as well. Uh, so we just want to give another shout out to Jackie Mead over at Mental Floss uh, for the excellent work on war cats or cat war heroes. Here's Simon's origin story. Simon is a stray. It's 1948. There's a 17-year-old with the name George Hickenbottom who brings Simon from Hong Kong to his ship, the HMS Amethyst. And not long afterwards, the Amethyst gets their orders. They are to proceed up the Yangtze River to guard the British embassy from the Chinese Communist Revolution. Halfway there, the ship takes fire from the PLA, the People's Liberation Army. Simon, similar to Pooley that we mentioned in our previous episode, is snoozing during the fight. He's sleeping in the cabin's quarters when a shell goes through the bulkhead and Simon gets his first wartime injuries. He has shrapnel in his legs. His face and his back are burned. The ship runs aground and they can't, like, other British forces can't rescue them because there's too much enemy fire. Yeah, if you want to see a picture of Simon, I highly recommend uh, jumping on over to pdsa.org, which is an animal welfare organization. They have a whole page about Simon um, and his time on the DM-54 destroyer. And uh, there's a really great picture of him with some uh, crew members giving him a good little scritch. But he is a tough-looking cat. Let me tell you, he's just got this look about him like he's seen some stuff. And that's because he has seen some stuff. And yeah, this 17-year-old who was what's known as an ordinary seaman, that's probably the lowest rank that you can get uh, on a naval vessel, uh, 17, I guess they must have been playing a little fast and loose with enlistment age limits, or maybe it was just uh, younger back then. Um, but he actually, he takes a, a shine to this uh, little, little scrawny stray, and he decides, I am going to uh, smuggle this cat onto my ship, which is called the Amethyst. So uh, there's a guy, you know, like a guard or whatever, and George Hickenbottom hides the cat under his dress 
you know, his, his sailor's suit, his tunic, and he takes him to his tiny, tiny bunk. That's where he keeps him. And George was eventually appointed captain of the foxhole. It seems like it's some kind of British slang that was used in uh, in military parlance. Um, but what that basically means is like he's in charge of like scrubbing the toilets with the toothbrush and making sure everything is neat and tidy. He's essentially like the maid for the whole ship. Yeah, um, forecastle. It's slang mm-hmm. for forecastle. It's the upper deck of a sailing ship. Uh, or the forward part of a ship with the sailors' living quarters. So it's a humorous title. Yes, exactly. Very tongue-in-cheek, very British indeed. But of course, I mean, come on, cats, you can't really hide a cat forever. I don't know if anyone's ever tried to hide one from their landlord to keep from paying a pet deposit. I sure have, but inevitably, they don't really like to be controlled. You know, they are going to do what they're going to do. And whether that means meowing when you lock them in a room or something like that or shut them away so no one sees them, they're certainly not going to play along with whatever your schemes might be. So, yeah, the captain of the ship eventually met Simon. Thankfully, though, the captain, Lieutenant Commander Ian Griffiths, really dug cats. Uh, He had uh, several family cats back home. Um, So this was a a fortuitous encounter, and he didn't uh, reprimand George at all. In fact, he uh, he was kind of excited about it. And it turns out that the Amethyst needed a ship cat. This is a thing. We've talked about this throughout the history of uh, the military. There have been cats employed to uh, keep the pest population down. On a ship especially, that can be a thing. There are definitely rats that can get aboard ships at different ports, and they can clean out food supplies and all the rations, and that can be a real problem. And they can carry diseases, uh, especially if you're traveling in real humid, kind of nasty, hot weather, which they were. So the captain allows George to keep the cat and allows the cat to occupy uh, that role. But since George is the the, the foxhole or the forecastle, um, he's also responsible for cleaning up after the cat. Uh, and the captain, uh, according to George himself, says that if he sees any cat droppings, cat leavings aboard the ship, he would, quote, have me up on a charge. Uh, and he actually got a lot of help and support from his crewmates who also liked the cat. Um, so any, uh, they called it muck, that was seen was quickly thrown overboard. And you can find a lot of these accounts in that fabulous article from purandfur.org, which is a, a lovely name for a cat website. Yes, and uh, Simon did something that I understand, but don't philosophically respect Uh he was a social climber. He was into networking and nepotism. Uh, he, of course, made friends with everybody, but he really wanted to make friends with the captain. And we must assume that there was something he could sense about the hierarchy of a ship. Oh, and also, side note, um, George Hickenbottom at 17 uh, was was legally enlisted. Even now, at least in the U.S., 17 is the minimum age for enlistment. For people got but, it but uh but is that too young to go to war i i definitely think it, it affects someone's outlook later in life anyway so simon well it's one of those things yeah. where if you can't like you know 17 year olds uh 
There's a lot of things 17-year-olds can't do. They can't buy alcohol. They can't drink in a bar. They can't uh, buy cigarettes or vapes in these days. Uh, it just feels like uh, a little bit of a, a stretch for yeah. to expect them to be able to, you know, die for their country when their country doesn't treat them as a full human in other respects. Not that those things are like the end-all, be-all of what sure. it means to be alive, but it still does feel – I've always felt that that was a little bit of a mismatch. Well, you do get exceptions when you're in the military because of that very reason. Those laws, those laws are different for military members, but also the human brain is not fully, uh, fully developed until the mid twenties. So anyway, anyway, that's a story for a different episode. But here's what happens: Simon is all about kissing up, and he becomes an honor student. If he's not hanging out in George's room, he's hanging out at the captain's cabin. And when he kills rats, he's you can either say he's trying to curry favor or he's uh, trying to brag because he starts taking some of these dead animals to the captain directly, sometimes even leaving them on his bunk. And Captain Griffiths and Simon really dig each other. Uh, like this cat will follow Griffiths around. And then if Griffiths like whistles or, you know, if you have ever lived with a cat, you know, the move like, pss, 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 or mm -hmm. uh, then, yep. yeah, then uh, Simon will come running to Griffiths and no one had a, like a sole responsibility for feeding him, but he always, he never went hungry. Everybody loved him and they all like, you know, they all wanted to give him treats and wanted to pet him and stuff. So this is a pretty great situation for Simon. In December of that year, a new captain comes aboard, a guy named Captain Skinner. Luckily for Simon and for the crew, Skinner also digs cats. And so Simon leaves pretty much, lives his life as he did before under the uh, rule of Griffiths. So now things are going pretty well until... That faithful river trip we teased in the beginning. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Mint Mobile. 
You know, Ben, I got to say, one of the best parts about spring cleaning is that post-clean clarity you get where you're like, man, how have I been living like this? What's wrong with me? <laughs> you're right, Noel. It's, it's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for 15 bucks a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. That's mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Maybe we can talk a little bit about what was going on in context here. It's doubtlessly something, by the way, that Simon as a cat would not care about. But here's what's going on. There is a brutal, bloody civil war in the nation of China. Communist insurgents uh, for the People's Liberation Army, PLA, led by Mao Zedong, and the ruling Nationalist Party of Chiang Kai-shek. The country is embroiled in this, and the amethyst is ordered up the river, up Yangtze from Shanghai to Nanking, to relieve another ship called the HMS Consort. The Consort had been guarding the British embassy for a while, uh, but they, they needed some time off. And Time was of the essence because both sides of the Civil War had signed a ceasefire agreement. That ceasefire agreement had an expiration date. Midnight on April 21st, fighting could resume. So Mao's People's Liberation Army uh, were holding the north side of the Yangtze, and these nationals were controlling the south bank. And Britain hadn't really picked a side yet in this conflict. They weren't expecting it to be an all-out bloodbath. British officials, however, believed that the Amethyst could reach Nanking in time to take advantage of this ceasefire. But then, on the morning of April 20th, the Amethyst was 60 miles from the city when the ceasefire abruptly came to an end uh, from the North Shore. Uh, there were explosions all around, gunfire, mortar, all of that good stuff, and an explosion hit the ship, and the bridge and the wheelhouse and the power room took the brunt of that impact. The ship got hit more than 50 times, and 19 of its crew, including the captain, uh, lost their lives on that attack on April 20th. Um, 27 were injured, and uh, the Amethyst eventually was able to limp away and taking refuge uh, in a shelter in a creek uh, that was a little bit upstream. So essentially, the communists had the Amethyst backed into a corner. They were running scared. Um, so there was a series of negotiations that then began um, with the communists to allow them to, you know, let them go on their merry way. Yeah, this is what I was talking about earlier. So we think Simon was most likely snoozing away in, in a cabin somewhere when a Chinese shell knocked a huge hole in the hull of the ship. Shards of shrapnel hit this sleeping cat in his back and his legs and 
as he he's either running or he's thrown by the explosion. I think he's running due to our conversations with the amazing Rachel Lance, the world's preeminent expert on maritime explosions. Simon's face is burned. His whiskers and eyebrows get singed. Uh, he has, you know, traumatic injuries. He crawls as far out of the way as he can. He passes out. He's missing for several days, but eventually he staggers on deck. And another Griffiths, not the former captain, a petty officer named George Griffiths, finds him. And like you would with any other sailor, he is taken to sick bay. He's in terrible shape. He's weak. He's dehydrated. He hasn't recovered from his injuries. A medical officer named Michael Fearnley goes to work removing the shrapnel in a couple of different places, stitching Simon's body up, and then looking at his face. They were concerned he might have gone deaf due to being so close to the blast. And they also find that his heart seems incredibly weak. So Fearnley has to be the bearer of bad news. And he tells the crew, yes, Simon survived, but he's not out of the woods yet. Uh, So... They, they're trying to figure out what to do. And then a, a guy who's not a cat fan enters the fray, Lieutenant Commander John Kierens. Uh, he had come across land from Nanking. And now that Captain Skinner was dead, he was in charge of the Amethyst. And he was like, look, I don't like cats. I'm not going to let this cat sleep in the captain's quarters. And so now the cat starts sleeping in the... Um, and the petty officer's mess, which is like, you know, the lunchroom. Uh, and then he's just, you know, if you've ever had a pet that's been injured, you know, when it's touch and go, you try to make them as comfortable as possible. There's not really oh, yeah. anything you can do, but hope they pull through. That's right. Um, and the ship doctor, Dr. Fearnley, suggested that Simon actually uh, live a little closer to the sick bay um, because him being, you know, a convalescing cat uh, could potentially boost morale for the, uh, the young crewmen who were there trying to recover from their wounds as well. This attack, after all, was a huge hit to morale. That's about as big a hit as you can take. This is one of the form of a mortar round that gets shot at your ship. They had lost their fellow crew members. There was a lot of sadness and suffering and, uh, you know, people really wondering what was next for them. And uh, so having this cat around because he also had to endure those same uh, adversities, uh, it was really kind of like a solidarity situation, like a real boost in morale. They felt that they were all kind of in this together. Uh, and I'm, I'm, it's silly sounding in a way, but it's also really, really moving because if you think about it, uh, I could see how that would exactly be the case. Just feeling like, oh, this cat make if this cat could make it, this little scrappy guy, then we can make it too. Yeah, that's that's exactly what happens. So Simon is uh, is familiar with the ways of hierarchies and oceans now, and he tries to win over this lieutenant commander, who would be like if there were a bad guy in our in this Pixar film that I'm seeing, it would be this lieutenant commander, uh, Karens. So Simon gives him a dead rat as a present. This guy is now captain of the ship, has no idea what to do. So he just... <laughs> It's funny because he like he knows it's a gift, and so he like re- leads down and pets Simon for the first time. Waits till Simon's not paying attention and throws the rat overboard. But he has now sort of taught Simon that you will be rewarded for rats, which becomes very important very quickly. And they uh, they befriend each other 
the Pixar moment is when uh, the captain takes sick. He gets a virus and he's bedridden for a few days. And so Simon starts hanging out with him. Uh, and then from that point on, Kieran's and Simon's are friends. But while that's happening, look, the Amethyst got rocked in the worst way. The ship is really deteriorating. Rations have to be cut in half because the Chinese forces that are kind of keeping them locked in there, they're not supplying food. They're not allowing things to come through. Uh, the negotiations aren't going well because the Chinese forces want the British to say the Amethyst had fired first, and that's not true. So right. the, the British aren't going to aren't going to play ball here. So the ship and its crew are stranded in that little creek for almost 10 weeks. This is bad. This is very, very yeah. bad. Yeah, 10 hot, sticky, gross, humid weeks. And of course, as we talked about, that hot, wet condition uh, is really, really a good one for rats breeding. Uh, so that became a thing. The food supplies were in really, really serious danger of being consumed by the now teeming piles of rats that were on the ship. And let's make no mistake, these were not like cute little white rats, you know, that you see perched on people's shoulders and stuff or running around in mazes. Uh, these were nasty guys. These were attack rats, vicious, rabid, you know, just absolutely feral, massive rats. One particularly nasty one, which the crew members nicknamed Mao Zedong, would repeatedly attack uh, the food uh, supplies and learned to uh, evade the traps that were set for it. Uh, so when Simon finally took this bastard out, the crew were absolutely beside themselves. They promoted Simon to able sea cat, which is the cat equivalent of able seaman, which would be, you know, a higher rank of like a kind of a just basic crewman. And they, again, symbolic. He was already this amazing symbol of resilience. Now he was literally helping uh, them survive by killing mm -hmm. these nasty rats that were going after their food. In a very real way. And this is an unsustainable situation. Despite Simon's heroism, there's almost only so much he can do. So it's nearly three months after that original attack. Negotiations are at a standstill. And the captain is thinking, look, Negotiations are going nowhere. We're running out of fuel. We're running out of food. At some point, we're going to have to make a run for it. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag-A-Job's got a worker for that. 
With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Noel, do you remember your favorite car? Well, yeah, um, it was a uh, an Eddie Bauer edition Ford Explorer. Oh, that's and cool. I, yeah, I, I just remember it was my dad's. I, I was a hand me down car kind of kid. Dad would buy a new car. I'd get that car. And I just remember feeling so awesome being up above everybody like I was mm. in Mad Max or something. You know, I had a lot of uh, land yachts that I loved. I had Pontiac, yeah. Bonnevilles. Right. Oh, I never had an El Camino. My dad had one. And that was a, that was a real interesting use of our collective time, keeping that thing running. But I think these cars all kind of speak to us because they were such a fundamental part of our lives. Do you remember when I had that Monte Carlo? That's what I meant. I, meant, I said El Camino <laughs> and I met Monte Carlo. I miss it. So uh, the Monte Carlo was tough. I had a series of Monte Carlos and the last one, God bless it. I just, I, I had to learn a lot about car maintenance just to keep that guy running. Totally. But it, it still was like a, a perfect fit. It's almost like finding your true love. Uh, you know, like when you recently got a car a few years back now, Oh, man. And funny you should say that. That particular perfect fit was the Honda Fit, which I love dearly. But, Ben, it's getting a little long in the tooth. And while it's been incredibly reliable up to now, it's getting to that age where I might have to start looking for some parts here and there to keep it running. Mm -hmm. And that's where eBay Motors comes in. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So he waits until the night of July 30th. The moon is occluded. There's a very low light. And there's a merchant vessel named the Kyangling Liberation that's passing the amethyst. It's heading down the river at about 10 p.m. The captain seizes the moment, and he makes a 104-mile run down to the open ocean. The enemy is not super aggressive, probably because the amethyst got very lucky. It took them five hours, and they made it. They ran into the HMS Concord partway up a river called the Hong Pu, south of Wusong, and they got escorted the rest of the way. The captain sends this message saying, have rejoined the fleet south of Wusong. No damage or casualties. God save the king. Uh, so their ordeal is over. They've been held hostage for 101 days. They're cruising back to, believe it or not, Simon's own birthplace, Hong Kong. On August 1st, there's a special ceremony on deck um, that represents everything the crew's been through. The officers and the, and the crew are standing at attention. One person's holding Simon, and George Griffiths, who we mentioned earlier, is reading out a citation uh, where Abel Seacat Simon is awarded the Amethyst Campaign 
ribbon. Uh, this, uh, as we mentioned at the very beginning, receiving these prestigious awards uh, like the Dickel uh, make Simon unique in the history of animals in the military. And this guy becomes an international celebrity. It's covered in the movies. It's covered in the news. Uh, cameras are recording their ship's arrival in Hong Kong. And Simon is, is well, I'd say he's kind of posing for pictures. He's a cat. You know, someone's holding him. Or someone's waiting until he stops for a second. They're like, click, 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 click. For sure. And like I was saying, you can see uh, pictures of the cat. There's tons of them out there uh, on, on several of the articles that we cited. And he is a tough looking dude. Uh, really, really uh, interesting features and, and a very weathered, world weary kind of vibe to him. But as we said at the top of the show, this became a massive story. Like you said, he was an overnight sensation and he became this international symbol of, uh, you know, resilience and, and the ability to kind of come back and push through all of the horrible, horrific things that people saw and experienced during World War II. So while the ship was being repaired in Hong Kong, the Armed Forces Mascot Club, which is part of the uh, the PDSA, which I believe we, that's the website we were talking about. That is a, a longstanding UK organization for, you know, devoted to the welfare of uh, animals, not, not just cats all animals and they suggested that the uh, captain or the the military give Simon an official commendation that he should be awarded the prestigious Dickin medal for animal gallantry it was also referred to often as the animals Victoria Cross mm -hmm. which is the highest uh, military honor that you can get in the UK and again, how heartwarming is this? People reply to this request and they write testimonials. One captain writing, uh, we won't read the whole quote, but the excerpt here that's important is uh, he talks about how dangerous the rats were, how messed up Simon was, and then says, throughout the incident, Simon's behavior was of the highest order. One would not have expected a small cat to survive the blast from an explosion capable of making a hole over a foot in diameter in a steel plate. And then he says that uh, Simon's presence was a decided factor in maintaining the high level of morale. And he gets the Dickin Medal. He gets the highest order in the land in a unanimous decision. That's right. And I got to say, they, they, they buried another player in this story right. here, Peggy the dog. I want to know more about Peggy the dog and why Peggy didn't get uh, more attention. Um, but we're, there's a cat story today, so we'll leave that for another day. Maybe we'll do one about war dogs one of these days. But on August 5th, the AP broke the news that this award was going to be given to Simon. The headline was, Amethyst's cat gets Dickin medal for catching rats. Um, and the rest was history. It was the only feline ever to get the prestigious Dickin medal and the only animal in the Royal Navy to ever earn this medal too. So a uh, double threat, Simon. Yeah. And he like was literally got fan mail, people writing fan letters to a cat. Mm -hmm. He would get like 200 a day, uh, along with toys and, you know, treats and things like that. And, a, a, a lieutenant by the name of Stuart Het got the uh, honor, rather the dubious honor, let's just say, for sorting through all of this crap and making sure the good stuff got to got to Simon. And our one last note here: unfortunately, Simon received this tremendous accolade posthumously. 
Uh, he passed away on November 28th, 1949, after only living two years. And maybe it was, it, I mean, the official cause was high fever and acute enteritis. Uh, his war wounds, of course, had seriously weakened him. Again, uh, cards and letters arrive by the truckload. Uh, his, as we mentioned at the very top of the episode, uh, he is featured in Time Magazine. He is in the obituary page of Time Magazine. He was buried at the PDSA Animal Cemetery at Ilford, which is east of London, in a specially made casket. Uh, there was a short ceremony. Uh, there was a marker place that was a wooden one originally that was later replaced with a stone monument. And eventually the amethyst carries out a search for a new cat and they find another black and white tomcat. They name him Simon Two. Unlike mm -hmm. Simon One, he comes from London, not Hong Kong. But if I could paraphrase one of the old cliches, I guess you never get the catnip while you can still snarf it. You know, <laughs> I can't. I don't know that one, Ben. But I'm not. Well, to like use you that can't one. get the flowers while you still smell them. A hundred percent. No, it's yeah. it's a great adaptation. I love it. Um, and it's interesting too because they specifically wanted to get a cat from the exact area of London, Camden, uh, which is like super hipster central these days. Uh, and they did that. Uh, so that's where Simon too came from. Um, and that wraps us up, I think, for the story of Simon. Uh, really, really, really was worthy of, of his own episode. And uh, so sad, actually. I mean, it really is kind of a, a touching and bittersweet end to the story that he only lived two years. In those two years, uh, they were not an easy two years, but he meant so much and stood for so much to so many people that I think it was a life well lived. Well done, Simon. You're a good cat. Uh, thanks, as always, to Casey Pegram. Thanks to the one and only Max Williams. Uh, and also, Noel, thanks to you, man. We knocked out a two-parter. Uh, and except for this line that I'm about to say, we we didn't brag about how we, how we actually were able to plan it, except for just this one moment. Well, we didn't have to because this was actually uh, conceived as a two-parter from the start with the amazing help of our research associate, Gabe Luzier. Who also is a cat person, if I'm not mistaken. I believe that is correct. Thanks to everyone who's fostered an animal as well. Thanks to Christopher Osiotis. Thanks to Eve Jeffcoat. And thanks to uh, our very own favorite stray, Jonathan Strickland, a.k.a. The Quister, who at this point is far overdue for an appearance. We'll see you next time, folks. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Avalon Waterways. Ben, are you in major need of a vacation right now? Noel, you're a mind reader. I am, and uh, aren't we all? We are. While cruising remains popular, there's something big happening in the industry, and that is, my friend, smaller ships. True story. The intimate ships of Avalon Waterways can go where the big ships can only dream through winding passageways, rolling vineyards, and castled hills into the heart of timeless cities and storybook villages. That sounds like a delight. See how Avalon's smaller ships promise greater discoveries, fewer people, and more of everything. Limited time. Special offers await at AvalonWaterways.com. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. 
Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.